1: We continue with our study of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. This week's passage is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 through 31. This text reads, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Your tongue has a ministry. It serves powerfully for building up people or for doing damage. The Bible has some very strong words concerning the power and influence of the tongue. Please follow along with Pastor Harris as he gives us today's slice of this week's message entitled, Only Such a Word.
0: I want you to come with me to Ephesians um, chapter 4, and we're going to continue where we're looking at this last portion of this chapter and talk about uh, your tongue or your words, your speech. Your tongue serves powerfully for either building people up or doing damage right from the very earliest book of the New Testament almost certainly the first one written we have some strong words about the power and the influence of the tongue James chapter 1 verse 26 if anyone thinks himself to be religious now in the next couple of verses he's going to talk about how you hold your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ so he's saying basically if you claim to be a Christian If anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is worthless. Ouch. Okay, that's a pretty strong word. Skip down to uh, chapter 3, starting at verse 3. Now, if we put the bits into the horse's mouth so that they may obey us, we direct their entire body as well. Behold, the ships also, though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, are still directed by a very small rudder, wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So also, the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. Behold, how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire. The very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. For every species of beast and birds, of reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. Now that doesn't mean have your mouth welded shut. It doesn't leave you there. You go on to the end of that chapter, there's a chapter, there's a solution for the problem of the tongue, and James describes it very well. He calls it the wisdom from above. James chapter 3, verse 17. We need the wisdom from above. Now, our passage in Ephesians 4 is a practical application of God's wisdom for the use of your tongue, the way you talk. A dramatic way to demonstrate the power of God to change your life is to bring your speech under His control. I don't know the original source of this example. Maybe you've heard of it as well. I do know that I read it was actually done. It was an experiment done that showed how your impressions of people are dramatically affected by how others talk about those people. A group of people was invited to be interviewed by a panel. I believe it was set up as a a job interview. They were interviewed one at a time. Before they entered the room for the interview, each one was prepared by being told one of two things. Half of them were told, the group is anxious to meet you, they've been very impressed by your qualifications the other half were told there are a couple of people here who are a little negative about you i i hope you can win them over now in all cases the interview questions were exactly the same and those who were doing the interview did not know which individuals had been given which introduction to the panel those who were given the first preparation after the interview was over generally described the panel as warm, intelligent, and friendly. Those who were given the second preparation described the panel as cold, distant, and hard to get to know. The only difference was what somebody else used their tongue to say. Now, with that introduction, let's look at the ministry of the tongue. We've been working through Ephesians chapter 4. It begins with walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which we've been called in Christ. We know we're all to be about helping each other mature and uh, toward uh, to, uh, helping each other progress toward maturity in Christ. And now we're talking about the walk of the new man, how the, how the one who has been made new in Christ actually behaves. In this section... We'll see that the new man allows God to control his or her tongue by two things, speaking edification and stopping grief. We'll just take those three verses. I know that leaves just one more verse in chapter 4. It's a whopper, and we're going to bite into that whopper next uh, Lord's Day, and we will consume it thoroughly. But today, verses 29, 30... And thirty-one. It starts with controlling your tongue by speaking edification. Look at Ephesians 4, 29, "'Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear.'" I grabbed our sermon title from that verse, "'Only such a word.'" There are certain words that are not good to choose. Now the word that's translated unwholesome here means rotten, corrupt, bad, or even worthless. The the King James Version of this phrase captured the idea, well, let no corrupt communication um, proceed from your mouth. Now when we think about that, you probably think about profanity. Surely this verse is anti-profanity. Profanity is never appropriate for uh, a new man or new woman, a person who belongs to Christ. And yet it's a, it's a tough habit to break. If, like I did when I was an unsaved junior high kid, I, I practiced learning how to speak profanely in the most eloquent, I thought, and powerful ways, it's a tough habit to break. You remember when um, Jesus had been arrested? He's getting bounced around from place to place for his trial, and Peter is hanging around, and Jesus has promised He's going to deny him uh, three times, and He's already done it twice. When you get to Matthew chapter 26, verses 73 and 74, it says, A little later, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Surely you too are one of them, for even the way you talk gives you away. Now, they're not referring that he was a potty mouth because he was a fisherman. They're talking about his Galilean accent. They could tell he was from... Up north, kind of the opposite, if we can tell, when somebody's from down south. Then he began to, what, curse and swear. I do not know the man. And immediately a rooster crowed. You see, Peter understood instinctively the, the quickest way that I can convince strangers that I don't belong to Christ is curse and swear. Uh, he, he did that even after being with Jesus for over three years. Listen, my friends, that entire vocabulary that fits under the category unwholesome, it's in your heart. You know those words. Uh, The responsibility is do not let it proceed uh, from your mouth. I'm going to steal a little bit of thunder from the next chapter. We will deal with this also in its context when we get there, but Ephesians chapter 5, verse 4 says... And there must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. That verse gives us um, three categories of unwholesome speech that we can avoid. Yes, cursing and swearing, but He also mentions uh, filthiness. That means something which is base or shameful or um, silly talk, second category, that's a really interesting word, morologia. It literally means the speech of a fool. It's the word for talk or speech and the word for a moron. Etymologically, don't talk like a moron. Uh, It means stupid talk like boasting, telling tall tales, talking beyond your knowledge. You probably know the famous quote It's usually falsely attributed to Mark Twain or Abraham Lincoln, but neither one of them made it up. Uh, They borrowed it and used it effectively. The quote is, better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak and to remove all doubt. What was that four-letter word that was the theme in our Scripture reading in Proverbs 26? Fool. Don't, Don't be foolish in your talk, silly talk moron talk. Then there's coarse jesting. That means mocking someone by using irreverent or offensive or vulgar language. That would certainly cover the category of cursing and, and swearing. In other words, the new man should want to avoid speech that is embarrassing or disrespectful or foolish or without knowledge or demeaning or offensive or irreverent or vulgar.